0: guys this is succession this is hbo if you don't want to hear me talking about logan roy talking about then don't listen to this there are bad language words in this show hello and welcome to the mr darcy how could you episode of Slate Money Succession. I am Felix Hammond of Axios. I'm here with Emily Peck of Fundrise. Hello. And we are joined on this here Lackey Slack by Lizzie O'Leary. Welcome. Hello. Lizzie, uh, what are you up to these days? Plug your podcast.
1: I host a podcast for Slate, so it's very hard for you to track me down <laughs> called What Next TBD. Um, but I also watch Succession fervently. Oh
0: fervently you've been on this show before it was amazing so we had to have you back for the grand finale we have so much to talk about tom obviously and connor and kendall and logan and lucas and oh wow what a finale it is all gonna get unpacked right now on slate money succession Okay, let's jump right in here. Lizzie, what do you think?
1: Oh my God, Tom, Tom, <laughs> Tom. scan! <laughs> Mr. Darcy, how could you? I mean, but also- What do you mean? But also, good, he good job, Tom. Take his revenge. Tom I came through
0: with, with the knife in the back for his own wife.
2: Who is a monster? I mean, she told him, I mean, she took him to town. Is that a phrase people use in the last episode- Dressed him down, told him she didn't love him. Maybe she'd have his baby. Maybe not. she freeze I mean, the baby. Not exactly Who knows? She's yeah. setting him up. Who knows? She's not exactly creating a bond of trust between her and her husband. I was, I felt excited. You're not supposed to root for anyone in succession. That's the rule of succession. But I was.
0: Is that the rule? Like,
2: Go, Tom. Like, <laughs> can you root for <laughs> Willa? <laughs> oh, oh Willa. fuck it. Fuck it.
0: <laughs> fuck it. Why not? How Just bad fuck it. it Let's, how, bad how bad could it be? It be? I mean, talking about, like, we had that great, like, face acting from um, Kieran Culkin in the previous episode when he realizes that he sent a dick pic to his own dad. This one where she's like, fuck it, I'll get married. And she, like, kisses him and then she gets in the car and she looks out the car like, oh, my God, like, my entire life is now miserable for the rest, you know.
1: That's like some real last frame of
2: The Graduate. (laughs) Stuff. <laughs> oh. Did you catch her weeping at the wedding? <laughs> a lot like of weeping. Why? Good kind of crying wine. at a wedding.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. People get drunk at weddings. Like the the drunk countess was great.
2: You mean? Well, you Greg's know, Greg is
1: wife? Pre- right. Yeah, preparing for his duck, duchy, ducky. How do you say it? Duchy. Duchy. Felix.
2: Felix.
0: Duchy. Yes. Yeah. The Grand Duchy of Luxembourg or Liechtenstein I can never remember one or the other.
2: 12 times removed or some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some place where you can
1: hide your money.
0: I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, but Greg has a character arc in the in the way that like a lot of the rest of them don't. He's actually significantly far removed at this point from how we met him at the beginning of season 1. You know, and he's, his clothes are fitting better, he's more comfortable in his own skin. He's got not one but two girlfriends.
1: He's been sufficiently corrupted that he doesn't need a soul.
0: He, he's been sufficiently corrupted that he doesn't need a soul. He's like souls, boo.
1: I mean, is that a, is that a character arc or just like a? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if if the arc that goes that down humanity. into the right, yeah. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with a soul anyway? He says. Well, Fair that, point.
0: It's true. Souls, souls, are rarely I, rarely benefit you.
2: I tried to make a list.
1: <laughs> Of great like zinger lines. This was an episode that had fewer zinger lines and more just like devastating actions and and like beautiful, you know, Goya compositional framing moments. And my my list of lines, I think said Hans Christian Anderfuck, and that was it. <laughs>
0: There were a couple, but there, a lot of them were delivered very quietly in a way that um, you don't necessarily notice. Like at like the very beginning when um, when Shiv talks about the bigot spigot, that was yeah. good.
2: Bigot spigot was good. Can we talk about the beautiful symmetry of I think it was the first or second episode where Kendall tries to get Shiv and Roman to rally to his side to take down their father, and it's it's a fail. And to this episode, where it it actually works and they come together, and, and because I just read a book about psychology, so I'm in this frame, but because he was able to get real with them and feel his feelings in front of them, even though they're extremely uncomfortable with feelings, that's enough to show them his humanity so that they can all come together as siblings in this beautiful moment that is, of course, thwarted, and you know it's doomed from the start, but it was so wonderful to see that all happen, like... Even though it's succession and it's funny and it's a dark comedy about terrible people, to see them in touch with their their love bond and their humanity was kind of nice.
0: Also, like it's important that the only person who could do that, the only person who could bring three of them together, is Shiv.
1: Oh, I was going to say, is Kendall.
0: Well, Kendall, Kendall was kind of dragged along as a piece yeah, of yeah, but there's like a meat.
1: moment, but there's a moment where it flips. And he's like, he remembers the divorce agreement. He's the one who knows, right? Right, but like that, he he's in
0: the he's brain. in the car at that point. Yeah, like no, that's Shiv true. is that's the true. one who gets them into the car. Well, um, we should have
1: known it was doomed because it was Shiv's idea. <laughs> like everything she touches turns to shit. All of them, though. All of
2: everything. All of them touch. Yeah, right.
0: right. I but I mean, that's that's the that's the whole Wamsgans play, right? is that like you know Logan never gets fucked and Kendall always gets fucked so if he knows that Kendall is you know in a fucking minivan on the way to confront his dad he knows that Logan's going to win this and he he knows that his strategic move here is to align himself with Logan
1: do you think there was a moment I need to go back and and watch again, or maybe do like eight rewatchings. Was there a moment when Tom, Tom flipped? And was it in this episode, or was it in the last? Like, I sort of wonder if it was that wedding toast where she's like, "He knows she hates her mom," and she says like, "You know, to have the the kind of marriage that we have." If that was the, if that was the thing where Tom was like, "Okay, bye bye."
2: In the toast to her mom, Shiv says, I hope your marriage is as rich and as happy and as rewarding and as fulfilling as mine. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) It's because their marriages are very similar, right? In that the mom's marrying this guy she has no respect for, obviously, and trash talks behind his back. And that's what Shiv did as well. She married a guy that she doesn't really have any respect for but he tried.
0: All right, can can I give you the Tom theory here? My Tom theory is that there are two flips involved here. The first flip is when he flips decisively into Logan, like surrogate son mode, right? When Logan's calling him son, when he's like, I will go to jail for you. And Siobhan takes this as a kind of smart, tactical move for the shiv tom marriage but on some level this is tom just l- aligning himself with logan and saying like you're the guy who never gets that i want to make sure that i'm as close to you as i possibly can be and why the fuck did i marry into this family anyway it wasn't for shiv who doesn't love me it was for logan who doesn't love me and um and so like you have that tom logan connection already and then um and then the second flip, which I think is the one you're asking about is when did he flip against Shiv and his here's, here's my kind of I, I don't know if this is my like attempt at a season four spoiler or something but like I'm not convinced that what he did was true flip against Shiv or whether what he did was a sort of tactical hedging of the bets in that Logan was always going to win. Logan was always going to do this deal. Logan was always going to find a way to do a deal with Caroline before or after the kids confronted him about the supermajority clause. And if Logan was always going to win, or even if there was a very high probability that Logan was going to win, it was always good to have one of them perceived to be on team logan rather than all of them being perceived to be you know team kill dad and so in fact what tom did can be seen as a way of like saving the shiv tom relationship with logan rather than like knifing his wife in the back yeah yeah there is no way that Logan didn't know all about the supermajority clause, and all of his teams of advisors weren't all over that all along. And this is and this is the reason why, by the way, you know, Kerry was l- lying to Roman why all of the kids were being cut out of the deal, why no one was even telling them that Carl and Frank were in town. The whole point was everyone was well aware that the kids had every ability to scupper the deal, so they needed to be kept out of the loop as long as possible, Logan just wanted to make sure they didn't get to Caroline before he did. But because he knew and they didn't, that was easy. Why
2: wouldn't he just convince the kids to come along on the deal with him? Like, they, is there just no way they they would have because they wouldn't get power in the deal?
0: Yeah, and money. that's a really, really good question. Because, like, this is the most Murdoch-y of all of the episodes this season. There were um, There's Murdoch after Murdoch after Murdoch, like, little... Um, referenced throughout this episode and of course what happens in the end of the murdoch saga is that murdoch sells to some other company and none of the kids really take over new um 21st century fox right it just becomes a division of disney there was talk for like a millisecond that james would run that division but that fell through very quickly and that's that's very murdochian right there's talk for a millisecond like Matson is like i'll bring you in you're crucial to this deal to roman but then it falls through very quickly and when roman is in the car he realizes that that's exactly what's going to happen and and so the, and so then the question is why why wouldn't the kids just happily go along with the deal in the way that the murdoch kids did right and the conceit of the episode is that Siobhan has become so completely bought into the dream of taking over the company and Roman has become so completely bought into the dream of taking over the company that they will do anything to keep that dream alive rather than effectively they're all being offered the same deal that Kendall was offered right which is two billion dollars and fuck off and go make your own pile um which is a very attractive offer and that's exactly what i would happened take that to like offer, just I, to, in. To, to james and and to lachlan right they both got two billion dollars they both get to go off like james gets to go off and buy like art Basel and the tribeca film festival and whatever else he's investing in and like be his own media mogul lachlan gets like one of the toys that gets spin off spun off like news Corp. and um or, or fox i guess i should call it and yeah in a real world I think you're right, Emily, that they they wouldn't be quite as upset about this. And they wouldn't feel this to be such a betrayal. Because, like, seriously, kids, did you honestly believe that one of you was going to take over?
1: Well, I mean, it's a TV show, right? They have to. <laughs> Otherwise, it's no longer a TV show. <laughs>
2: But also, like, throughout the episode, they're saying, like, Waystar Royco is a declining asset. Like, the price is falling. They just paid a historic fine. Like, they're going down. Gojo's going up. Like, get off the sinking ship, kids. Like, this is another indication of why they should not, any of them, be in the C-suite. Like, these, they suck. They're not good at this. Like, time to go.
0: And Mattson is so fucking good at this. Like, Mattson is the only one, like, compared to someone like Sandy, who everyone is very scared of and is like this paper tiger but never really bites, Mattson is the one person that, um, that Logan encounters who's, like, possibly better at the game than Logan is. And Logan just sees him and goes, as I, by the way, did, Emily, did I call it? Yeah, Logan chose looks, his I successor and Lucas Mattson? Yes, yes. yes. Looks, as I was listening
1: right. to that, Going down the aisle of Food Town grocery shopping, I was like, "Yeah, that is." <laughs> um, can we just talk about Alexander Sarsard's physicality in that in that scene where he's like, kind of like with his t-shirt and his pool slides, kind of like lounging in his Lake Como furniture in the most kind of I don't know, Leonine alpha male way, just sort of like, yeah, okay. Tossing this stuff out. It's so I mean, the guy's what, six five? It's just it's incredible physical acting.
0: He he there's there's a little bit of chamath in there, you know, with the like the shirtless selfies. Like he's obviously been working out.
2: Have you did you look at um there's a when they come off the boat, um Matson's, you know, taking the lead, and then Logan's right there with him, and Roman's kind of like tripping up the stairs behind them, like a little boy. Um, and then when they all sit down, also uh, Roman is kind of like down from them in a way that makes him look like a kid at the at the adult table or something. Um, and it's just so clear, like he he's not ready for any of this, and he's got to go. So
1: why didn't Roman understand what was happening? Because it was very clear in that conversation. How this is being and then he's just literally like, okay, Roman, you go back to the wedding. That Roman should have been running back, like, woo, 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 we have a problem. Or did he just think, like, oh, my dad's gonna take care of me? Or did he not understand?
0: I I think it was a little bit of all of the above, and also I think that Lucas and Logan between them did a pretty good job of planting the seed in Roman's mind that if this deal went ahead. With Gojo buying Wave Star Royco, then Roman would be golden. He would be like in the middle of it all. He would be running something important. He would be crucial to the whole deal. And so like that was like he kind of felt that if it did happen, he would be the winner.
2: Yeah, he had he was delusions, I think. He was like, I'll keep this a secret and then I'll 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 win this one. He was still kind of like fighting the siblings. But then that scene with Kendall maybe changes his
0: mind you, you could see i mean again amazing acting from kieran culkin in this one but in when they're in the the car and he's trying to work out how to argue against what his siblings are saying without revealing to them what he has been promised because like you know while kendall has had his moment of honesty you know roman can never be honest about anything i did love that um that classic line in in the scene in the plaza when ken falls apart and goes i'm blown into a million pieces and then um shiv gets the call from lead and roman says take that call leave me here with all the feelings thank you
1: <laughs> that and the, it took me three quarters of an hour to get a gin and tonic. it's like <laughs> oh
0: who's the real victim who's here? the real victim here
2: Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at AppleCard.com.
0: This episode of Slate Money is brought to you by Wondery, which is a podcast company, and it makes a podcast called The Best One Yet. And it is a daily podcast hosted by Nick and Jack, who serve up three of the most interesting business news stories every day and why you need to know them in just 20 minutes. and for more deep dive and daily business content listen on wondery the destination for business podcasts with shows like the best one yet how i built this business wars and many more wondery means business
1: okay we obviously we need to talk about jeremy strong yeah get into we it. need
0: to talk about jeremy strong because the um michael shaman new yorker profile came out after we recorded the uh last episode oh boy um and then michael shaman came out on twitter last night and added a whole little extra bit about how that scene in in the courtyard like was a great jeremy strong cathartic moment because he decided he could act it better if he was sitting on the ground and if he was sitting on a something else and so that was what made the whole thing and he had a breakthrough so like you know i mean people seem to agree that jeremy's wrong is a good actor I don't, i'm not going to disagree it's with that incredible
2: one incredible portrayal of an addict incredible can we, just, can we just take a step back and just fill listeners in in case they're not okay in the minute by minute of the because
0: aaron Sorkin doesn't have character. social media so <laughs> we're going to post this on
2: his behalf he asked us to tell this on his behalf. Um, <laughs> Michael Schulman publishes The New Yorker publishes his profile of of Jeremy Strong, and um, it's this really it's a great classic look at the actor and his method, and it goes really deep and kind of makes him look like a like an asshole, Dick, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does.
2: He gets really into his roles. He asked Aaron Sorkin if he could, if he could get sprayed with. Tear gas, real tear gas, real tear gas in in a movie. Um, And, and there's some like quotes that are questionable that make you think everyone kind of hates him. But I mean, it's a fine profile. And then the the reaction to it is just outsized. I would say celebrities need a
1: hobby is basically my takeaway from the whole thing of like, calm down. It's a magazine profile. Did it make (laughs) your friend look amazing? No. Did it make him look like the worst person in the world? No, no. Shout yeah, out, it was, Aaron
2: Sorkin. It was a good profile. It made him look like a very it serious, was It was a great profile, actor. but I
0: think, I, I think Anne Alan, Helen Alan Peterson, I can't remember who it was, made this point, that it's a reported profile in a way that, like, celebrity profiles are never reported this way. And Michael Shulman really took this like an, as an investigative reporting job and was like went back and started interviewing a whole bunch of people who'd like hated Jeremy Strong when he was at Yale and that kind of thing and yeah. found all of these anecdotes and we found and and he also got some very damning quotes out of Brian Cox and Kieran Culkin about what it's like to work with him which is apparently not fun and and that then created a whole uh, sort of week of people saying, like, is he dead? Would Brian Cox and Kieran Culkin have been that rude about their co- co-star if they knew that they have to film season four with him?
2: It was like brilliant marketing. It was the, the most brilliant marketing for an HBO show until just yesterday when, <laughs> when <he laughs> no, released an Mr. ad. Big anyway, Big We don't need to go into that, but. It was good. It was a good buildup for this episode in which Jeremy Strong acts the hell out of the role and kind of, there's nothing you can say. He did a great job. I, I, I would say two things. Number one, I mean, you guys are both
1: journalists. You understand that, right? Like Michael Shuman gets these amazing quotes that probably in the interview process, Brian Cox and Karen Culkin say these things, which are undeniably true, right? There's there's all this evidence on one side of the ledger that Jeremy Strong is a certain way. And yet when you are the person being interviewed, this is not saying that they're like gotcha questions or anything. It's just like you you sometimes don't realize that your stuff is going to be added to a pile of other stuff, and so when it's added to a pile of other stuff, suddenly there's a log cabin of other stuff and that forms a reader's impression. But the other thing is it's like yeah, He's an actor. Actors are weird and emotional and difficult, and they all have their own processes, and maybe it's because I'm married to a director, who is very mad, by the way, that I am on this show without him right now, Uh, but somebody has to do childcare drop-off, and actors are weird. I love all my husband's actors, but seriously, they're weird.
2: Yeah, and again, he just... I feel like this episode was the perfect comeback to anyone totally. who read that profile and was like, "What a jerk!" It's like, well, you know what? He gets it done. It works. It's on the ground. Yeah. It was his seventh take and he realized he had it to sit on the ground and get dirty and honestly i was interested in the dirt part it was i was like oh, his pants are so dirty yeah. no one ever gets dirty the, on the the continuity show.
0: was on? a bit weak like by the time he gets out to walk to confront his dad his pants are magically clean because when you're a billionaire your pants magically clean themselves in the, the for him in the back of the van but um but the um but the other thing is that it was just beautifully shot that scene that. St- still from that scene, just, like, ricocheted around Twitter. Um, Mark Mylod has to get, like, at least as much credit as Jeremy Strong for that scene. It was perfectly paced. The cutting was amazing. The editing was amazing. Um, And, yeah, they found, like, the the perfect location for a nervous breakdown. But, hey, he bounced back within, like, 20 minutes, right? And next thing you know, he's on the phone talking about supermajority clauses.
2: Well, the power of the psyche to repress bad feelings is very strong. Like I said, I just read the book about psychology. So that's how I know so, this stuff feels. So like. then, Emily, what, what do you
1: do with Shiv's last moments? Talk about the power to repress bad feelings. Like you can see on her face her realization that she's been betrayed. And then she's just like, mm hmm,
2: okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think. Kind of going back to what Felix said, she will take in that information and hold it until useful to deploy. Like she'll be kind of like have a half a, a gimlet eye on on her husband and see how it all plays out because maybe she can use it as leverage, like like he was saying, to sort of get back in her father's good graces. Yeah, well, yeah her, she is she is now husband. gonna
0: have she is now gonna have a mole inside the Logan camp, right? In the form of her husband.
2: I guess.
1: I mean, is he her mole? I
0: don't know. Is he not gonna tell her what's going on? I mean, maybe not. the one of the interesting things about this season is that for the first time, he has displayed a certain amount of jealousy of Schiff's position. And he's like, Why are you more important than I am? And Shift is just like fuck off of Chris. Maybe maybe we've seen that in the past. But, like, now, yeah, he has finally achieved his dream of being, like, more important to Logan than Siobhan, of being, like, more central to the company than Siobhan. And Shiv is going to, you know, wind up going back into politics or whatever the hell she does. But she is going to have that, um, you know, she is going to have Tom in there in the way that um, Kendall and Roman are not.
2: And he must be successful in the company because I mean, right. Forbes doesn't just, just having- profile any executive. <laughs> They're doing a big yeah. His ATN
0: show is doing great. He turned on yeah. the bigots bigger, and now he's getting all of the money and the sponsorships.
2: Yeah, so he's actually competent. Maybe I
0: we've seen Poss- him be possibly?
1: a little more competent. It seems this se- like he's he seems sort of pathetic in past seasons, but now maybe I don't know.
2: We still don't really know how he met Shiv, what he was doing, but the only thing we
1: know, what is it? He said he had a dick like a giant redwood, and he fucks like a freight train. Can I say that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is it's this okay. is a succession show. If you can't if you can't swear, then you can't have a show.
2: I may have so.
1: gotten the line slightly wrong, but I think I got the gist.
2: We have a warning at the top, so it's fine. Okay, I'll, anything goes <laughs> once you do the warning.
0: <laughs> yeah, the disclaimers solve everything. Didn't you know that? <laughs> Um, I do need to just mention like when we're, while well, we're still vaguely on the subject of that, um, Jeremy strong, n- nervous breakdown scene. Um, number one, like the masterful way in which Roman solves the issue through humor in a way that like actually works quite well. And gin and tonic joke is like a terrible joke, but it also actually has its intended effect. Um, but the other one, since we do love to talk about real world parallels here, is um, Thor Batista. When when Roman goes, um, what like basically like who among us hasn't clipped a kid with their Porsche, you know? And he goes over to to um, to Shiv. He's like, "You killed a kid, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." Um, that that is a re- that is a reference to Thor Batista, who was the. I think he was like twenty or nineteen, something like that. The son of Ica Batista, the richest man in Brazil, and he clips a kid um on a bicycle in his like four hundred and fifty thousand dollar hypercar and kills him.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. So, so pay, glad did to they have pay off the, on the on family?
0: The pod. And they paid off the family yeah. and there was never any prosecution. Yeah.
2: Wow. I remember yeah. Yeah. I've been wondering for like two seasons now if if Kendall would ha- face re- repercussions for what he did, and like they kept hinting he would, and like is this where it went? He just ha- he just tells his brother and sister, and they make jokes about it, and he's absolved.
0: Yeah, I think I think really it is because when Logan does the cover up, that's his way of saying like I own you now, and I have this over you and you can't tell anyone and and this is like this incredible leverage that logan has over kendall he brings it up again over dinner in this season um and kendall and it it really has broken kendall and it's like the i killed a kid thing is the thing that really forces him to totally break down um and then it's roman who comes out and says like may it please the court but like you didn't actually kill him. And in fact, you tried to save him and I would have been out there, out of there. What did say? Like a tabby cat out of a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, it's, he's kind of not wrong. Like, I don't think a jury would convict.
1: He shouldn't not, have not, the for, the, he not for the Not for the crime, seat. but they would for the cover up, right? Yeah. Like that's, yes. it's the Japaquitic of it all.
0: But he's like, but in, in his own mind, up until that point, candle is a murderer and then I think Roman really quite effectively in the space of like three lines manages to persuade him that maybe he's not
1: I mean I think it's also just the unburdening of it right like his father no longer has this secret so that the 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 weight of carrying that is gone i I think that's that's almost equal to what Roman says I would argue
2: mm-hmm it's also interesting, every season finale of this show features a a nice bonding scene between the three of them. Season one, it was right before—the night before Shiv got married, they all went and, like, smoked a joint together. In the boathouse, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then season two, they were on the yacht talking, and Roman says, should we talk about our feelings? And they just make fun of him. And then season <laughs> three, they actually do talk about feelings, and Roman's the one who's making fun. Um, but each is, like, this nice bonding scene which makes it's you like... And
0: meanwhile, Naomi, who's been so supportive, is nowhere to be seen. Gosh. She's just completely disappeared.
2: Mm-hmm. There was some cut scene that they referenced in that New Yorker piece that she was in where she says something about... <laughs> she has some line about how their relationship's gone south. It's in the New Yorker piece. Go read it. You could go read it right now if you want to.
1: Is it amazing to me that that like, we are talking about this whole episode and I guess it's a, a real testament to succession that they dispatched with the like is Kendall dead so quickly at the, in the top of the pre-credit sequence in the pre-credit <laughs> sequence so quickly that as we were like fumbling to get our HBO Max to work and I was screaming at John because like the TV wasn't working so I was like I'm gonna miss it on Twitter and we had to like rewind and watch it I was like oh that's it that's okay but sure, he's fine
0: um, talking, I mean, you know, in terms of good lines, that that's a great one, which um, was easy to miss. Was um, Comfrey's line just before uh, Kendall shows up? They're like, "How's things?" And she goes, "Oh, th- no media pickup, so it's all good."
2: Yeah, <laughs> she would genuinely. As long as happy the
0: media didn't that. work out, that he tried to kill himself, it's basically fine.
1: It's mostly us calling Vanity
2: Fair because that <laughs> would ruin <laughs> her vacation. Right, I mean, from her perspective, if that got yeah. out, she'd be on the phone all day what? putting. Out yeah, the one, one, why one all these suicide people
0: are at can ruin wedding, your right? entire week. I'm telling you. Like-
1: <laughs> why is Jerry at Caroline's wedding? Unclear. Greg, Unclear. nobody knows. Well,
0: there, there was there wasn't attempt to explain that um, in the previous episode, where it's basically Peter Munnian just wants all of the important people at his wedding because that's who he is. He's a social climber, and and there was also the so Greg to- is there. That
2: He's family <laughs> Well,
0: Greg's kind of family-ish, sort of I don't know
2: He has come from Buffalo Bright Star <laughs> Buffalo, where he is a rising star
0: <laughs> But you have to have Greg, win. Well, I'm sure Tom brought Greg in, you know Tom. Tom's like, well, we have to invite Greg And Caroline is like, invite who you like This isn't for me, this is for, you know, Peter And then ultimately, Caroline sells out her kids for the sake of her here today, gone tomorrow husband, which is, which is very Caroline, but she does have this line. Um, at the very end when she's on speakerphone and she, she's addressing the kids and she's trying to explain why she did what she did. And what she says is, I'm not sure it's been good for you. All the, you know, which is about as um, articulate as she can get. But she's right. Like, she negotiated this supermajority clause and gave her control and blah, blah, blah. And this is all very murdoch and, like, the Murdoch kids had it too, uh, you know, out of divorce. Um, but she's right. Like, it, in fact, turned out to be terrible for them. And if it hadn't existed, they would have all been better off. And if she's going to tear it up now, yeah, that is good for them.
2: That's the thing about this whole episode that I was on Logan's side. I was like, absolutely do this deal. Absolutely do not leave this company to these three morons, I think Logan does call them morons. And I was like, you know what? they <laughs> are morons. Like they each had their shot and they all messed it up. like they're morons do not sell your do not leave your company in the hands of these people. Um, I feel like as far as business decisions go, this was a good one. Like the kids were just wrong.
1: If you guys had to pick well. one kid, like, who do you think is the smart... I, I know who I think is the smartest, but also just, like... I think Kendall's the smartest, but is just, like, such an abjectly ridiculous human being that that he can't can, can, Well, Well,
0: can, can, like, being smart isn't enough. You also no. need executive-slash-leadership abilities, and executive Kendall obviously has none of those. Right. Um, there was this very brief... Um, aside a few episodes ago where um Sh- siobhan and roman are charged with basically putting together the deal sheet for Matson, who ultimately fails to come into the office to be sold on this deal and which in hindsight of course was a great move by Matson, um and shiv basically says well we know this deal makes sense and roman says well, if we knew that, I wouldn't have stayed up all night, you know, getting my minions to put together this PowerPoint. Like Roman has actually been working, yes. right? He has been involved. He has been doing an actual job. He has been staying up all night putting deal sheets together with minions. Like he has, he has built and built up enough of a relationship with Jerry that he can look at her and she can be like, look, there's nothing I can do. Like, I have to represent the shareholders here, which is entirely true. Um, he has no uh, no cards to play when she's like, how would siding with you be, like, you know, in my interest? Um, but it's not just that weird, like, fucked up sex thing that they have. It's also that she does on some level... Um, Think that he has some kind of abilities, Uh, so I would say I would say I would say probably Roman.
1: Hmm, interesting. I disagree, but go on. Well, I I think Roman's done some of the work, but I don't think he has the like ineffable thing I don't think oh of course he
0: of course he doesn't have the inevitable thing none of them have the inevitable thing no I think
1: Kendall's got like a little spark of it but it's so weighed down by everything else like it's like the the little moment of him that you see in the car that's the thing that fools you into thinking that he's got the spark and then everything else swallows that and Shiv is a fake she's a fake she's like she she is going through the motions she does understand their father, I think, maybe better than the other two do. I don't
2: know. Maybe not. No, maybe she doesn't. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm I, okay. So I listened to the Kara Swisher official podcast. Not going to lie, um, and wow. Anthony Scaramucci was on it, which wow! Oh come on! I know. Wow, you did I that, know you guys. I'm sorry, I was running, jogging, walking. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, Anthony Scaramucci was on the podcast. We know him because he served in the Trump administration for like six days or six hours or something, and he's leveraged that ever. He's been eating out on that ever since, and he runs a fake hedge fund or something. He,
0: he got he got he got very. He, he's tried to get me fired at least three, and possibly four times. So I <laughs> like that's something.
2: <laughs> yeah. So he was on her podcast, and the reason I'm bringing all this up is to say like he started talking about how Shiv is his least favorite character on the show and she's the worst of the Roy children. And I feel like people's reactions to her are super kind of sexist. And the whole show is kind of set up that way too. Like she's, she's like power hungry and like condemned for being power hungry on a show. That's all about being power hungry. Like, I don't understand that really. Like.
0: Yeah. L- Logan's, Logan's reaction to her is super sexist for sure. Like when, when, when Roman's like, can I come along to the meeting with Matt? And he's like, fuck off and stick around with your dick pics. And then Shiv, like, seizes her opportunity. She's like, well, if he doesn't come, can I come? And Logan's like, no. all right, Roman.
1: <laughs> I think yeah. she's just more transparent in some ways. Like, she just says out loud the things that the others don't or can't. Yeah,
2: maybe. The thing but you're it right. Scary. It is super sexist. I
1: mean, maybe maybe it's my internalized sexism. <laughs>
2: I don't, I'm not, I don't know. But I just, I wonder, I do wonder about that. Like people seem to hate her more than the others, but she's, they're all kind of equally bad.
0: I I, I definitely do not hate her more. I kind of like her more than the others. I think definitely of the three of them, she's the one I like the most or dislike the least. Um, I think her ability to, you know, do that deal with Sandy and Stewie was like, it showed actual sort of, psychological intelligence you managed to get sandy jr to come around um like she's she's not and 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 you know her ability to to persuade um raven to turn on the raisin you know like she's she's got actual abilities she's not like it, it was always for the first couple seasons it was always roman who was the useless one and
1: She's just undone by her father. Like she can't. Yeah. She she, she can't function the, around. The either.
0: closer she gets to Logan, yeah. the, the more kind of undone she becomes. For sure. I
1: think I think I just have a little bit of personal resentment because on my honeymoon, I posted what I thought was a really kind of funny, over the top picture of myself in a hot tub enjoying a, a glass of champagne, and Felix commented "shiv" underneath it. <gasps> <laughs>
2: You've never forgiven me. Never. I've
1: never forgiven you for that.
0: But it's just because I
1: have strawberry blonde hair. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, You know what? I' sorry. Not sorry. Favorite lines. Lizzie, you 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 have a very short short list.
1: I have a very short short list. What is it? I want to be. Oh, go oh no. Come, pass, pass. I need to come back to it. I need to find where it's written down. I want to be my oh my own Greg. I want to be my own Greg.
0: I like that. That's good.
1: Didn't Tom say to Greg you could have your own Greg? Oh right. <laughs> yeah, you can have twenty of. You can them. have twenty of your own Gregs. Yeah, that was good.
0: I kind of, I kind of like Logan saying, "Would you mind?" Because would you mind not with him in here giving me the doggy evils?
2: <laughs> Can
0: you take him out, Romulus? Like, I, I, that was, that was a good line. The doggy evils, and then literally just like take him out. He meant out of the room, but also just take him out. Just fucking take him out, Romulus. He didn't
2: though. He didn't take him out. He didn't. Probably
0: regret. He had. It. He like Roman had like uh maybe i don't know eight millimeters of backbone and spine which is more than you shown in the rest of the show
2: yeah okay my favorite line i had to listen to it like three times to get this all down but here we go say hello to someone who could be logan's ex-wife's step-cousin-in-law and heir apparent to the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, 12 times removed or some shit, and potential count of somewhere and legitimate claimant to the dormant throne of Italy. <laughs> well done. Greg! Well,
1: you well done, You don't need Greg. to be your
2: own Greg when, when <laughs> you've got that. He's about to be royalty, so there you go.
1: I'm, none of us even talked about I'm the eldest son.
0: <gasps> oh, my Aww. God, Kong! Yeah, Connor. poor Connor. <laughs> well, I mean It's his there problem, is some, isn't it? <laughs> the the con sub. I mean, wh- I mean, also some amazing acting from Alan Ruck on this one, who normally is just a caricature, but like when he starts like carving up the table with his knife and then just explodes.
2: I mean, it is pretty rude of Kendall to say he's the oldest when he's not when Connor's right there. I it's
0: a little bit of it's, it's a little fine. bit of <laughs> foreshadowing, right? You know how you know, like the the breakdown of Kendall finally gives him the ability to come together with his siblings, like that complete breakdown that Connor has with his siblings at that table. Finally, gives him the sort of vulnerability to turn to Willa and say, like, you know, my siblings hate me. You hate me. My, there's some sweet is going to take over ATN and ban me, and like, my life is miserable, and become just such a pathetic little hangdog that Willa's just, oh fuck it. <laughs> like that's she the actual finally way feels that sorry
2: for him. <laughs> the pity, the pity, marriage proposal acceptance from Willa. <laughs>
0: The, the 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 mercy affiancement
2: how bad could it be
1: <laughs> fuck it how bad could it be oh bad
0: i bad. mean that that's exactly what you want to hear from someone you've just proposed married to right proposed married yeah. to. oh fuck it how bad yeah, could it be it.
2: <laughs> how, he deserves whatever happens next right i mean
0: um so what's gonna happen next guys like i mean i do think this was the perfect end to succession we have found out you know that none of them are going to succeed it's we we have completely resolved the question that was raised in the season one, episode one, and we have neatly tied everything up in a bow. And, you know, why are they even making a season four?
1: They could walk away now and it would be a very effective mic drop. I don't, I mean,
2: they're not going to, but
0: yeah, it's a good, it's a good way to end the season and it's a good way to end the show.
2: Yeah. There's unfortunate speculation I'm seeing chatter people are saying felix that shiv is pregnant <laughs> and so if they show up in season four and a baby is is on the plot you, we can't watch it's over maybe
1: that's no. why we were getting all that maca root blah blah, 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 blah. maybe it wasn't about carrie at all oh it's chekhov's maca root
0: <laughs> it's so weird like who was in the show like you know There was that whole weird subplot about Logan wanting to have more babies via Carrie. And then there was a very brief scene between Marsha and Carrie where Marsha seems to be very nice to Carrie. And you're like, Marsha is so mean to everyone who's fucking her husband that like, what is going, does she not know? She's far too smart to not know, right?
1: I got the sense that she was just sort of treating her like an underling and that that was actually more insulting than anything else
2: like she no. doesn't care anymore she yeah. got her deal yeah. she leveled up whatever her contract is and doesn't matter yeah
0: i, I have to, i have been disappointed like season two was a disappointment to me because marsha was pretty much m.i.a season three was a disappointment to me because marsha was pretty much m.i.a i'm just not getting my marsha fix man i need more marsha
1: and only one weird adrian brody episode
2: yeah that's
0: yeah he came weird. and then he disappeared But the one thing we can be pretty sure of is, we're going to get more Alexander Sarsgaard in season four. Yay! Woo! With his very well-fitting t-shirt. I mean, the way, just the way that the t-shirts hang between Mm. Alexander Sarsgaard and Jeremy Strong, you know, it's everything you need to know.
1: I'm okay with it. They're probably very expensive (laughs) t-shirts. Don't listen, John.
0: I I can guarantee you that they're extremely expensive t-shirts.
1: Like the $600 Loro piano baseball cap? Yeah
0: so i think that is actually it for slate money succession we are not going to be back for however long a year it's going to be a while and who knows what season four is going to bring but listen guys thank you so much for sticking with us it's been awesome recapping all of these episodes and amazing and thank you to shana roth for managing to turn this episode around in just absolute record time because we did not get a screener for this one and mostly lizzie thanks for coming on
1: i'm so excited to be on the finale you're in the finale i need to double cross you very quickly right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) i the next thing you know i'm gonna get some kind of comment on my i have an
1: announcement about the host of the next season of this show
0: (gasps) oh (laughs) it's me (laughs) Lizzie are you taking over yeah have you just knifed me yeah (laughs) wow damn that was oh mean all right I'm gonna I'm gonna get you back somehow in an Instagram comment or some some, somewhere else
2: (laughs) see you on lackey slack